Please be seated. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today. That is what we hear from Jesus. This is the day. This day is holy to God. Jesus said 2,000 years ago in his hometown to a synagogue full of people, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. In just a few weeks in Lent, we will begin a study of a new book called Grounded by Diana Butler Bass. Bass is an American religious scholar. And I discovered something she wrote about the word today that we hear Jesus use in Luke's gospel. About the urgency and intention of the use of the word today. According to Luke, this is the very first sermon that Jesus gives. Just imagine, this is your hometown boy who comes back as guest preacher wherein he inaugurates and defines his ministry, ending with, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Diana Butler Bass says that today is the most radical thing Jesus ever said. Essentially, he told his friends, look around. See the Spirit of God at work right here, right now. Essentially, he asks his friends to open their eyes, to see more deeply past the immediate injustices that surround them and further into the reality of love and compassion that today calls us into. Jesus read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop with, I am anointed by the Holy Spirit, but rather continues on. And Bass suggests that we read the text inclusively. So please have a look at page 7 in your bulletin with me at the gospel reading. And in the middle of that reading, let's consider that the text reads like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and therefore also with you, because he has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in our hearing. This is a very clear invitation and a call for Jesus and for all of us, for the people, for the church. If Jesus is anointed to bring the good news, then so are we. What is the good news? The text makes it clear. It is three things. Release, recovery, 
and freedom. Those three things, release for the captive, recovery of sight from whatever blinds you, and freedom for the oppressed. This is the good news. This is what God anoints not only Jesus to bring about, but also us. We are called to be in relationship with God. We are partners. We're in this together. So let's see how we might partner with God in this invitation. First, bringing the good news to the poor. We know what the good news is. Who are the poor? Consider that we all, on some level, are poor. Poor in wealth, poor in health, poor in spirit, poor in peace, forgiveness, or love, poor in generosity, or faith, or trust. But a new world awaits. Jesus invites us all into this new world of possibility. And if this is a gift, and I suggest it is, is anyone excluded from this gift? No. It is an invitation to all. With emphasis on the word today, we hear the invitation for all to receive the good news immediately. All of us regardless of race or age, gender, sexuality, social status, even belief. The gift is the possibility of our world more filled with peace and love and justice and equality and healing and truth than it is right now. A world filled with the power of the Spirit as Jesus is filled with the Spirit and as we are filled with the Spirit. The possibility of release, recovery, and freedom. The good news is and has been passed down through the centuries from Isaiah to Jesus and to us. Release, recovery, and freedom. That is the good news It is for the poor. It is for all of us. And this is also called salvation. If I went to church and heard a sermon proclaiming that my task was to bring salvation to others, I personally would feel completely daunted, unworthy, unable unsuited to do that. Isn't that the work of Jesus? The word alone, salvation, is overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be. Consider this. Jesus models our mission, what our mission can be. And if we are to help bring about release, recovery, and justice, and freedom, then our job is to look around and to see and notice Who is in despair? Who is lonely? Who is suffering? And take action to bring them to wholeness and liberation and healing. This helps us bring 
bring us closer together and helps us become closer to God. This is salvation. Insert another word if it's easier to swallow, like release or recovery or freedom or wholeness or liberation or healing. It's all the same thing. Where are the poor and how can we help? How can we help? What is the bridge, the link, the connector? Magically, or at least intentionally, we are teased with the answer in our readings today from Corinthians, and we're given a clue in the psalm. Our lectionary readings today continue from last week with a focus on gifts, considering what our gifts are and how we might use them both individually and collectively as a church. The church is not St. Wilfred's or the Episcopal Church or the Anglican Church. The church of Jesus Christ transcends all differences and is one body made up of many. The church is the body of Christ and we as members make up the body of the church and therefore we are each an important part of that body. You are like a leg and you are like an arm and you are all needed. And as we recognize our interdependence on each other as a sacred part of the body of Christ, when we see that a part of the body, meaning another person, is weak, we're called to spread love to that person, to strengthen them, and therefore the whole body. We contribute our individual gifts to the body of the church. Speaking of our God-given gifts, think of what you have a passion for and how you might share that passion. Today is the day. What do you love doing that you can share with others, which might even, dare I say, bring about salvation? This room is full of gifted people, which I've seen in the past only few months, abounding with gifts that are readily shared. But what about those who are unsure of what they might share? What about those who are wary to try something different or new, unsure if they'll be any good at it? Well, this is a place to do that. This is a place, and today is the day, to try it on. As they would say in my seminary, try it on, try it on. This is a home away from home, a second family to many. And if you can't try it on here, where can you? And finally, I make a call to action. When you sense a gift in somebody else, tell them. Please, let them know. Think about who you know that you can reveal to them gifts that you see that they might not see. 
trust that God speaks through us that way. Five years ago, somebody I knew, not really personally and not well, but somebody whom I trusted their opinion very much, pointedly said to me five years ago, I can see you as a school chaplain. And that person planted a seed. I watered it mostly unaware, but here I am doing that work. That somebody else saw in me before I did. How can we help others grow in the gifts that they possess that they might even be aware of or just unsure of the strength that lies within? Look around and compliment what someone is good at. We have a talented teenager in our midst here in this community with great graphic design skills who was encouraged to lend those gifts to designing for us our Christmas painless pageant flyer. And it was fantastic. That's what I'm talking about. Hopefully that work was fulfilling. And perhaps it will go in a portfolio one day or spark other projects and interests. Age does not matter. Let us help notice and encourage these gifts that we sense within our community and plant the seeds now. The Corinthian passage today ends with the line, but strive for the greater gifts. Another translation is, desire the best gifts. But there's more. Our lectionary reading stops right there, but they left out the final line. Why did they leave it out? I don't understand. It's a cliffhanger. Strive for the best gifts. Well, I'm not going to leave you hanging. It says, strive for the greater gifts And I will show you a still more excellent way. What is the more excellent way? What is more excellent than sharing our best God-given gifts? Well, it is the link, the connector, and the bridge that is our invitation to partner with God in our work of spreading the good news. And today's psalm also holds a clue. And next week, we'll really hit it home. That's my plug for coming next week, to hear him hit it home. (laughs) But unfortunately, I just realized that today's psalm that we had heard beautifully sung stopped short of what I was going to preach on. So I'm going to keep this in anyway. We got verses 1 through 6. Before we try to help somebody else, let's be grounded in a mindset and a heart set on love. It's love. That's the answer. Maybe that's even what Bass's book called Grounded is about. I'm not sure. Let's find out. Anyway, if we look closely at Psalm 19 beyond verse 6, but starting at verse 7, 
I found a beautiful translation by Nan Merrill, some of you may know her book on Psalms, that basically replaces the word Lord with the word love. Some of you are reaching for Bibles. I love that. So feel free. You could find Psalm um, 19, verse 7, because I am going to read it with a different translation to just highlight what I mean. Psalm 19, verse 7, with this different translation, would say this. And if you don't want to follow along, just close your eyes and listen. The law of love is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony is of love is sure and gives wisdom to the innocent. The rules of love are right and rejoice the heart. The authority of love is pure, enlightening the eyes. The spirit of love is glorious and endures forever. The rights of love are true, awakening compassion. When we begin with our focus on love, then we can move into the work of the good news that Jesus invites us to do. I love the line in the psalm, the authority of love is pure, enlightening the eyes. Jesus calls us to open our eyes, to be more attentive, to see more deeply, to notice the unnoticed. Other people need our help. The poor need our help. The blind need our help. The oppressed and the captive need our help. What are we going to do about it on this very holy day? May our eyes be enlightened today to notice who is poor in our midst and how we might move them toward wholeness. Amen.